Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Join us on our journey as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. I'm Kristen. And I'm Dan. Cheers. 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 And drink. Mmm. Oh, that's delicious. That's going to be very different. That is. And, and we're going to find out what this is in, in just a minute. Um, but first, um, we're here in Sonoma County, which is just... Awesome and amazing to begin with, <laughs> um, for those who don't already live here. Uh, anyway. Still awesome and amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Good. You appreciate yes. it. That's good. Um, and I'm going to uh, probably Papa Pietro? Papa Pietro Perry. Papa Pietro Perry Winery? Correct. Okay. So uh, on site, and we're here with Kristen, who's the wine club manager. I am. And then Dan, who is the assistant to the wine club manager. Yes, yes. that's an important distinction. Indeed it is. <laughs> yes. I hear it every day. Yes, yes. So Dan, we've had you on here before, and we've gotten your history and kind of relationship with alcohol. Kristen, let us talk about yours. My relationship with alcohol. Well, let's see. I First important thing about me, well, I once went 18 years without drinking. 18 years? Because I turned 19. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Um, anyways, I've, uh, I've been in the restaurant business my whole life, and I fell in love with wine that way. I worked at a high-end steakhouse that had amazing, beautiful glasses on their table, mm-hmm. and we did 100 wines by the glass. Wow. Another 100 wines on a reserve list. So I got to take That's part nice in helping some of, find some of those wines and fell in love with the wine. became a distributor. Now I work at wineries, and phenomenal. And at, at this particular winery? I've been here over six years. Six over, years? Uh, this winery, yeah. Okay, so what what can you tell us? And, and, and Papa Pietro. Papa Pietro. Uh, Perry. Perry. I gotta so add the Perry. Two, it's two families that okay. own it: the Papa Pietros and the Perrys. So, so don't cut out the Perrys. Don't cut out either. No. <laughs> okay. My I, apologies to the Perrys. Lose my job. <laughs> 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 <Do> that. <laughs> so apologies to the Perrys. So Papa yes. Pietro Perry, what can you and tell us make, about the winery here? We make Pinot Noir. Nice. So we like alliteration. Okay. Uh, here, so Papa Pietro Perry Winery, we make uh, ten Pinot Noirs. Wow. We do a little Zin, little Shard, little Rosé, but we are a Pinot house. Uh, most of our Pinots are from Russian River Valley, although the winery itself is situated in Dry Creek Valley. Uh, we source all of our fruit, make everything here, and we do maybe about eight to 10,000 cases a year wow. production-wise. So Nice. So, because I know little, so sure. I'm not afraid to ask questions. So you do 10 different Pinots. with that. Yeah, is that like 10 different vineyards? Is that 10 different variations or mixes? Or Little how do you mix. do 10? <laughs> so we, like, as I said, we source all of our fruit and Pinot Noir, not to go too deep into it, Pinot Noir can be broken down into clones. Okay. So if you think about roses, you have red ones and yellow ones and white ones, but they're all roses. Yes. Pinot is known for its different clones. The other varietals have different clones, but nobody really puts as much emphasis on them as Pinot. So each of the vineyards we source from produce different clones of Pinot. We produce, we pull fruit in from five main vineyards, so we make five single vineyards of Pinot Noir, meaning different clones, all coming from that one vineyard, those are separated out. We also do two clonal designates, which one popular well-known Dijon clone is called Pomard. So we take three different vineyards of their Pomard clones and blend those together. It'd be like finding three yellow roses from different parts of the world and blending them together to create one super yellow. I like that you're actually making this understandable for me. I love yeah. this. Carry on. So I understand. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and Vino can be named. They're Pomar clones. They're the French named them. So very sexy names. Six six seven one one five seven seven seven. Very. 
Those Boring. are amazing Boring. names. They put a lot <laughs> that of thought into great. that. <laughs> so we also do a, a 777 blend. So we take five different vineyards of the 777 and blend those together. Got it. So okay. we have two clonal blends, five single vineyard blends, and then we usually have two Appalachian blends, for lack of a better word. So we do a Russian River blend, five different Clones and different vineyards blended together. So that would be your white rose, yellow rose, your bouquet. That'd be, all, that'd be a bouquet of flowers from wherever, correct, okay. um, in Russian River Valley. And then we also do a Sonoma Coast, which would be your bouquet, your bouquet from Sonoma Coast. And then we have one special Pinot Noir we do called Mukaida. And Mukaida is a, is a homage to Tom Mukaida, who was um, at our, I guess, our Peter's Vineyard, which is one of the first vineyards we actually worked with. It was his vineyard originally, and his son, son-in-law, Randy, purchased the land from him and, and whatnot. But it is the best eight barrels of Peter's Pinot Noir. Okay. Could be any of the clones, could be anything. It's, then our winemaker just goes and picks his favorite barrels, blends those together for a 200-case law wine club exclusive. Uh, pretty incredible wine. So I was just sitting there thinking I should get some of that, and I better join the wine club. You if have I to want join some. the wine club. <laughs> okay. Yep, absolutely. We do a very small amount, so it's a pretty spectacular uh, wine. And we're actually going to taste our Peter's Peter's Vineyard Pinot Noir today. So the top oh, good. top barrels of that is usually what's picked. Ben Papa Pietro is our winemaker. Okay. He's been making wine in his garage for 30, 40 years wow. over in San Francisco, and we kind of went publicish in uh, the what 1999, 2000. Yes. Was our first real vintage that we actually went out and sold to restaurants and retail. Nice. Uh, we got some phenomenal points in the beginning, and so it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal ride. Awesome. I love yeah. it. Okay. And then Perry's came in. Let me give you a little thing on the Perry. Yes. Can't Bruce, forget the Perry's. Don't forget <laughs> the Perry's. Bruce Perry and Ben Papa Pietro worked together at the San Francisco Chronicle. They were both oh. in the union. They actually started off driving the trucks and just filling the newspaper. Remember you put your quarter in? Yeah, yeah. Old days. I mean, no, no, I don't oh, yeah. remember that. I read, I read about it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what they did, but they uh, they worked together for years and then wanted to have the winery. So here we are. And we're still family-owned. All four, all four owners are still around and pretty active in the winery. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Okay. And so today we are doing something actually special and that yes. when I heard about it, I got super excited. <laughs> so... I, rather than me try to say it, because I'm going to butcher it, you tell you tell me what I am doing today. <laughs> Past and present. <laughs> it's easy enough. Um, we're going to actually taste some older vintages of Pinot next to its younger cousin and kind of go through what makes old, how do you know how wine is older, what differences can you tell by looking at the wine, tasting the wine, and the aromas of the wine. So I picked two, uh, two much older vintages, okay. and Papa Pietro actually brought these in from his own uh, cellar at home. So oh, we've wow. got some 2005s, Ooh. Russian River Pinot Noirs, and then their current counterparts, the 2016s. Okay. So what is that, 11-year difference we're going to kind of go through and side-by-side and look at and smell. And if you're drinking along listening to this, you can do it with us. It's fun. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I think it's awesome. And and now, out of curiosity, because I'm going to ask, ask me questions which may or may not be dumb. Sure. <laughs> um, now, I, I love what we're doing today, but Pinots are... Correct me if I'm wrong, generally not known for their aging. Well, you're asking the right person. Yes. Uh, I love older wines, and our Pinot can age. It's ridiculously unbelievable. We've opened 01s, 02s, almost 20-year-old Pinots. They're still drinking great. They will not have that bright red fruit that you might be used to in a Pinot. You're going to pick up some of those darker, 
darker fruit, a little more of those earth notes, uh, some different characteristics. But you are correct on the whole. American Pinot, don't lay them down. Drink them young. Uh, but our Pinot, we say five to seven years from vintage date is a great point. But you find an old one hidden away, don't fret. Open it. It, it could just blow your socks off. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> I like that. And then the uh, other quick question on that is what we're learning about Pinots today, would that apply towards any uh, reds? Yes. Okay. So all wine can age. The main difference with red and white, when white ages, it turns a little more brownish in color. Well, brownish, golden, more in color. And as your reds, they get that dark brown, dark, dark red. Uh, but other than that, whites can age too. Uh, stick with you, maybe your Burgundian whites uh, for aging versus California. But this can apply to Cabernets, Malbecs, any, any of the red wines. Okay. Perfect. So that's it. I'm going to shut up. And let you talk. I've been so, talking. Yeah, no, but I, I'll, I'll quit asking questions. You ask it. There's Good. no dumb questions. Yeah, because this is exciting um, for me, and and I know a lot of some of what I'm asking is going to get covered here today. But yeah. I, those were just some questions that kind of popped into my head as you were talking. No, so. ask away as we go. So what I have set up for us today, because um, nobody can see us, we have four wine glasses in front of us. Um, I am a little particular on using the right stemware. That could be a whole other topic, but <laughs> stemware really can make a difference. So we've got four pinas in front of us in uh, Riedel Pinot glasses. Our wine to the left and to the right closest to us are going to be two 2005 vintages. Oh, no, I totally lied about that one. The uh -oh. first and third one are 2005 vintages and then 2016s. So I have a 2005 Peters that I'm going to put in my left hand and a 2016 Peters in my right hand because we're going to kind of look at both of these together uh, and push the other two to the side. Okay, so I'm grabbing the two Grab to the, the two left. to the left, push the other two. And I'm pushing the other two away. to the side. Okay. Never push one away, but you know. Well, I was a little sad about that. Yeah, but we'll, I, we'll get it back. I think it's coming back. Okay, <laughs> good. Back. <laughs> uh, my suggestion is as well, if you want to do this with us or at any time, have a white piece of paper in front of you. White tablecloth, white piece of paper, or something white uh, so that you can... Um, hold the wine up against it and we'll go through this as you're tasting and looking at it because that makes the colors pop. So the first thing you want to do when you're looking at wines, you want to look at it, right? Mm -hmm. So take your wine and you can swirl it in your glass. I personally love swirling wine. I over swirl. I swirl my coffee. Yeah, right. <laughs> I swirl anything I have in my hand. I swirl anything. I had a glass of water, my hand automatically starts swirling. I have found myself doing that with a glass of water, too. It's, it's a habit. It is, but it opens it up, right? Yes. Um, as you swirl the wine, it does open it up. But just looking, so we've got a, a five, an 05 in our left hand, we've got a 16 in our right on the white piece of paper. Just swirling it, what can you see? Can you see some differences in the colors? I actually definitely can. Um, Exactly what you're talking about. On the left, it's a little bit more of a brown, subtler... Kind of muddy color. Muddy color, yes. Um, more like a brick red. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Brick red. That's a great uh, description. Um, uh, and I don't know if I'm supposed to see this or not, but I can see a little bit more sediment, I think, in that mm -hmm. wine. Um, again, looking... And I like to have that white there because you can see that. The red, it's kind of a reddish... Or to the right. To the right, not to the red. To the right. He hasn't even drank yet, guys. I had a sweet cheers. Oh, we had. No, we did a cheers. <laughs> oh, we did. We, we might have pre-gamed a little bit. <laughs> uh, but not that much. I, uh, um, so the right, the red on the right um, is a kind of more of a plum, I think, maybe color. It's it's a, a darker reddish. Um, clear. Yeah, I can definitely, uh, I, and that's what I'm coming up with. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, also, on a side note, there's only about two to three ounces of wine in the glass. I didn't fill the glass all the way up. 
uh, so that we can actually look at the wine in the glass. But yes, you'll notice, so one of the first things about wine as, as red wine ages, it gets that darker, more brick red, browner color to it, where your younger wines really have that bright, um, bright maroon, bright ruby uh, colors to it. Pretty this clear with an 11 year difference. What I like what, what Ben Papapetro always tells us too with, with Pinot, you should be able to read text through it. So if you hold it on the side and look oh. at underneath here on both of these, you can sort of see the text through it. So a text or a good Pinot, you should be able to be able to hold, like it hold it over a paper that. or a book and, and see the words through the wine. Not like texting on your phone. No, no uh, don't, don't no, text. Well, you can text and drink. <laughs> text, yeah, text. Don't well, text I don't know. Sometimes texting and drinking is almost <laughs> and as dangerous. With, with these Never wines. after ten. <laughs> yes, there yes. you go. Don't text and drink after ten. Yeah, you can see. You can see through both of these. You can. You can see the words. Maybe not as much the O five. You can see the words through, which show that it is a good quality Pinot. Um, Pinot is a very fickle, fickle grape. It's it's very thin skinned. It it's not that easy to produce as some of the other varietals. So a lot of Pinot producers, if they want to make a bulk Pinot and want to mass market it, they will add Syrah or other varietals to it to kind of give it a, an um for a little bit more heaviness. And that also darkens the wine, which you cannot then see your words through it. So that's a good, really good point of, one way to note if it's a really good Pinot, pop it on its side and see if you can read through it. Now would they don't, Again, question here. So if they do that, would they have to call it a blend or could they still call it a Pinot? In California, the law is 75%. As long as the wine is 75% of that varietal, you may call it that variety. So if it's 75% Pinot and 25% Syrah, it's a Pinot. It's a Pinot. And so that's a way to kind of, and so that, would that account for some of the darker, maybe bolder, I don't know about bolder, but stronger, more medium, whatever kind of Pinots from what little I know? Personally, I say yes. I don't know if a winemaker is going to give their secret away, um, but I mean, it could be naturally that could way. Could be naturally, but on the whole, Pinot is a very light, light grape, okay. and that's how good Pinot you can see through it. And not saying there's definitely well, something added, but and, and if it's a good wine, I mean, yeah. there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Either, no, no, right? exactly. But, you got the but balance. But you now know you don't have a pure necessarily you a pure Pinot. May not Pino. have a pure Pinot. Interesting. And it, it might be that the. The, the winemakers who are doing more mass volume type of supermarket type wine um, may have that direction to, to add something to it like that. On the smaller family-owned boutique wineries, people who specialize in Pinot, you're going to see 100%. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Okay, and then the other thing I want to just kind of comment on sure. and then let you keep going. Um, so uh, as, as I'm ruining your whole yeah, presentation here with 500 questions, but um, and it's actually more comment than question, I think. Um, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but the color on the, the newer one, the, the one on the right, which is the 2016, 16. Um, is, is a prettier color. I don't yeah. know if that's the right wine term, but it's, it's, a, it's got a lot more color to it. The, the one on the right is, I, you know, is, is, again, it's kind of a little brownish, tannish, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, obviously. If you like older wines, me personally, I like older wines. And when someone's pouring me a wine and I see the brown tinge to it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <It's> so exciting. <laughs> I get a little thrilled with it because I like, I personally have that palate that I like that older wine. I like the younger wine as well. So I like them both, but I kind of immediately know what I'm in for when I, just looking at a wine with some age on it, there's your first 
different key key to tell a difference. Yeah. Color. So. And yeah. I confess, as I've made my journey, I've gotten to definitely notice, and that's again why I'm really excited about today because I can kind of notice, but I don't know all the details right. of between the older versus the new. And there's definitely, I think, the older ones are so much complexity. I don't know much better, deeper, smoother. I don't know whatever. It's all, all opinions. You can't be wrong. Can't be. You I like, like what it. You can't like. be wrong. And and the key to that is, and I, I'm sure you're going to cover this, but but the visual is that. So, and that's why when you're tasting, you see everybody kind of hold it up or look at it and everything else. And yeah. a lot of people are just doing that because they think that's what they're supposed to do. And they don't know why they're doing it. <laughs> yes. But if you're really doing it, the reason why you're doing it in, is in many cases, I mean, there's the legs and all that stuff, but is also to see, is there that brownish color, yeah. which... Um, check age. Check age. Well, it could either be age or if it's a newer wine and it's brown, then you know that there's something, something kind wrong. of wrong. <laughs> it's yes. a younger wine and it's brown. There's... Definitely not 100% vegan. Yeah. yeah there's, an, there's an issue. I did hear a while ago, and I don't know the percentages about it, but it's a high percent because I was shocked. I'm going to throw out a number, but, for example, 75% of people cannot cannot tell you if a wine is red or white if you serve it in a black wine glass at room temp. I have heard that. Even experts. Even experts, because you don't even realize how much you put to that immediate visual of white wine, red wine. Because that's your immediate first breakdown when you look at wine, red or white, done. Yes. And in that black glass, you've taken, you've completely stripped that away. So visual is a huge component of wine tasting and enjoying. Can be. It should be. Should be. I like it. Okay. Unless you're okay. blind. Unless oh, you're sorry. Blind. <laughs> and if you're blind, then you're, you're just, I wonder, um, that would be interesting. <laughs> that's right? a whole other experience. You probably have yeah. uh, better um, senses. Better okay, palette, so, sight, yeah. so sight's the first thing you want to look at, and that was a basic... A basic thing to do at the site is just kind of pour two ounces of wine in the glass and swirl it around against a white surface. Get an idea, red, brown, in between, um, what, what, you know, if there is a color difference or not. So there's that one. Second one is called rim variation. And rim variation is going to be the difference of the color from the top to it's kind of from its rim. So it can kind of help you determine the, the age of the wine. So if you take your wine now and you and hold it to the side. So just real quick, the rim is where the wine is touching the glass. Yes. Okay, go yes. ahead. That's okay. So you like fill it to the rim. Um, don't go to the very top, though. So <laughs> then if you turn your turn your glass and hold it at a deep angle, not okay. pouring it out, per se. I pour too much. Um, but pour, hold it against your white paper, mm -hmm. and you're going to see the rim. You're going to probably see a little bit of a white line. Or yes. A white white area from the rim, and that's your rim rim. Uh, Variation. Look, I'm about to read a little bit. Um, so the rim is called the meniscus, by the way, and you're gonna have multiple different colors. You don't find you find the white more in the older wine. So now, if you take your next, your other hand, and you tip your younger wine, hold it against the white, you'll see a deeper white meniscus mm -hmm. versus the red. The red still has it, but I, the, the the older wine should have a much bigger meniscus per se. I definitely see that. It's distinguishable, and I would not have even known. So, so look, if you hadn't told me. See, this, that's, this is another reason why people, you'll see people that hold up their wine against their menus or their glasses. The deeper the variance, the, the bigger the variance, the older the wine is. And, and actually, you point that out. Um, so we're holding the glass like almost, almost at a 90 horizontal. Yeah, yeah, almost a 90 degree angle. So if you're holding it up, you know, if you were to turn it like to pour out, so that's kind of what we're holding it. That's deep. And I have seen... You know, people who know what they're doing do that, and I 
had no idea why, and I didn't pay much a whole lot of attention to it, but now I know why they're doing that. And if you think of um, looking at waves in an ocean, as they are closer to you, you can see through them, and as they get further away, it's you can't see through it as much anymore? Yeah. That's kind of a big rim variation, I guess, in excellence. So it has a, even when you look at the, the darker wine, it's white and then light brown and then a bit, little, little bit, gets a little bit darker, a little bit darker, where the red just kind of goes... A little bit of a white rim, and then it's just as a consistent color. You have more different colors in that gold, in the, the darker, the browner, the older Pinot, because of the age factor. Yeah, a lot more color variation. 11, yeah, 11 yes. years old, so you're going to have that deeper color variation. So kind of a fun, that's always fun for me to kind of look at. And people who really know what they're talking about can tell you how old it is by looking, just looking at it, which is amazing to me. Yeah. I not do that. I look at the <laughs> I look at the bottom too. That it always tells me. <laughs> that, that'll, always, that'll never lie. It'll always say, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. I can't be wrong. Yeah. I know, I, I, well, I guess uh, you may or may not know that, but it, I mean, they can tell the age from just like looking at that, but would that vary wine to wine or, or vineyard to vineyard, et cetera? It or is it pretty consistent? It's, I, don't, I don't know you the don't answer know? to that okay. one. My assumption is per year it's probably relatively consistent. Like well, yeah, if they can, a good multiple yeah, I say if they can call it consistently, then there's you probably can look, some variation. And even if you took away that brown part, you can look at it and go, yeah, it's definitely much older because it has a much bigger variance than the uh, 2016 wine. So you the just got to look at a lot of wine. Much is, I don't know. Yeah, and I'd rather yeah. just drink it. Right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I can only look at wine for so long. Uh, okay, so then the next thing you want to do is obviously you want to start smelling it. So the reason you swirl your, your wine is because that adds oxygen to the wine, right, and opens it up and, and um, opens up the flavors more. So go ahead and swirl, swirl, swirl. Still swirling. I love swirling, right? Yes. Um, so the sense of smell is one of your most important senses. If you have a cold, you can't taste food. Yeah. If you don't have your nose, you really can't taste. And in wine, all tasting does is confirming what your nose has already discovered. So oh. your nose is where it, where it all is. So it's just you swirl. You can only taste five things, sweet, sweet, sour, bitter, salty, umami. Um, but scientists tell us we can smell over 100,000 different things. That's a crazy minor difference. When you, <laughs> yeah, when you think about that. So when you're smelling the wine, you want to ask yourself a few questions. Um, does the wine smell bright and youthful? Are there earthy, spicy flavors? Um, what am I smelling? They say a great way to learn smells is just go have a seat in your spice, spice cabinet and start smelling things. Oh. Because you get all those very basic things with, with the spices. Um, some things you can smell of for younger pinots, blackberries, black cherries, your red fruit, your currants, your um, pomegranate, cranberry. Very prominent in the younger wines. Your older wines are going to have a little bit of earth. Think of earth, think of what it smells like after it rains. Get that little ozone-y, wet dirt yep, uh, yep. smell. Um, forest floor, smoke, mushroom, dried fig. Um, raisins you'll hear, you'll hear barn door, barn, barn, barnyard, barnyard, yeah, not which is not good. No, that's really more of a, um, in the caps too, you'll hear band-aid, just kind of brett, but I don't think they have those band-aids anymore, but those old, old plasticky, yeah, yeah, smells. that's also not a good smell, I would imagine. Mm, some people like it, I'm, oh, do they? I'm not really into that one. Yeah. Um, so, well, and I can definitely, as I'm smelling these, I, I mean, as you can see, I can tell the difference, as, you know, again, it's one of those things where I, you, this is why this is brilliant. So everybody yeah. come here and do this for yeah. starters. <laughs> um, but that said, it is because 
you know, if I was just smelling the, the younger Pinot, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I can yeah, smell yeah. that. And then and a week later, a couple of days later, or a year later, and smelling the, the older one, then I would also sense that. But having them side by side like this is, is really kind of helps for people trying to figure stuff out like I am. Like, like oh, this is, there is a difference and, and you notice it. Whereas if you do it far enough apart, oh, I don't. Yeah. No, it puts it into perspective. Perspective, you can immediately You can immediately pick some differences. Um, my problem is I start smelling too much and then I have to take a break. They do say you can smell you like your clothes. Oh. And that'll, they're careful doing that. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that's that, was, that was a little bit more of a deodorant check than a uh, clothing smell. That works too. You can it's just right. say, I'm clean, trying to clean out my nose. I got the short sleeves. Um, so. you, can, you, know, you smell your clothes because your clothes are usually clean. That kind of cleans out your, your, your uh, airway, and then you can re-smell wine again. Or coffee beans, believe it or not. Coffee beans absolutely clean out your uh, They do that with perfumes, perfumes. and stuff. Totally, yeah. okay, right? Exactly. Sense. So it works with wine too. But I agree with you. When you can sit here with one in one hand and... One and the other, because you have two hands. Uh, <laughs> and side by side, you really pick up differences. Nice. Okay, so we're still not tasting wine, which really sucks. But we're yeah. going to that next. We're getting there. Okay, good. The next is palate. Okay. So here's the deal. If you are confident with what you smell on your... Oh, I, with your I'm sorry. I, was, I, I want to That's okay. He's all excited. <laughs> I am excited. Um, if you're confident with what you... It helps write some stuff down if you want of what you're, what you're smelling, because all your palate is going to do is confirm what you've smelled. You're gonna probably you might pick up a few more things because now you're invoking your memories and such. But once you you're you're looking at it, you're reminiscing and you're um, swirling it, swirl, swirl, swirl and sip. Swirl and sip. Okay, which one should I sip first? I go old to young, but you can do whichever one you want. No, I trust you. Okay, and then you're gonna ask yourself, what do I taste? What are the flavor characteristics? That's good. Okay, I just tasted the old one. The old one. The old one. It's, <laughs> is that does that that sounded wrong all of a sudden? But the the older Vintage. Totally Does that make it sound I mean, more? I think it's proper? amazing. Yeah. For uh, what eleven-year-old Pinot, Ben is amazing with what he does. Oh, good. You got some. Um, I was gonna say, how would you describe it? Because I'm having trouble. I'm but as soon as you fig say thing, it, thing I get it. Well, isn't that interesting how that happens? Huh? Let, me, yeah. let me zip again. Yeah, fig. And I, I heard fig. I would agree to fig. Well, on the on the older wine, I'm getting just a little bit of tobacco. So it sounds like okay. those darker kind of flavors that come through. So a little bit of. Of uh, a nice cigar, not a, you know, a bad cigar, but a little bit of that tobacco, tobacco leaf cigar. See, and that's so funny, right, how that works, because I didn't taste it, and then you say it, and then now and I can like, taste oh, it. Oh, I get it. And sometimes, like, I remember I was um, taste, I was leading this group, and these these guys were talking, he's like, oh, my God, that smells just like the park on 4th Street, right? And the guy's like, oh, my God, it does. And <laughs> I have no idea what the park on 4th Street is, but it evoked but you know a memory like. to them, right? It's pretty, it's pretty darn nice. Uh, it evoked a memory in them that, you know, brought it to a little happy place, I guess. And kind of cool how your memory kind of comes back on, on some of these. There's something brown sugarish Ooh, in brown here, sugar. too. I kind of get in your... mm-hmm. Well, and that's also why people will tell you. I mean, there's no necessarily wrong answer. Unless in you what tell me tasting. you get grapefruit. Grapefruit would grapefruit be wrong. Grapefruit is wrong in a red wine. <laughs> why, why is that wrong? Because it's more citrus as your wines. <laughs> grapefruit in a Sauv Blanc is wonderful. Delicious. Grapefruit yeah. in a Pinot, is, there's something wrong. Okay. okay. And, and so it may not be that I, I mean, I might legitimately taste it, but then I should worry about the quality of the wine? Yes. Okay. And it, citrus fruits are more recognized in, in whites. White wines or sparklings, I guess is a white wine. That's a real extreme kind of funny answer talking about with that but certainly if if you're smelling something that is off and you're going to taste something that is off very much so 
Yeah. Yeah. Now taste the uh, the younger one. Yeah, and we're gonna taste the younger. We all taste at the same time. We get the awkward silence, which I'm okay with because I'm drinking wine. We <laughs> go gulp gulp. <laughs> Very different. Yes, distinctly different. The other other interesting thing with your older and your younger wines that you really only get in the palate, or at least I do, is the acidity. So in the younger wines, I tend to get a higher acidity. Acidity you feel on the side of your mouth. Uh, side of your mouth. <laughs> only have one. Side of your mouth. And the younger, the older wines, that acidity tends to blend in a little more. So okay. think about spaghetti sauce. You make it night. It's delicious. It's amazing. A little higher acidity. Sits for a day or two, and you eat it again. It's delicious. That is so true. Those acids from the tomatoes blend in and give a more mel melder of a flavor, I guess. That's a word. Um, but I find the older wines are tend to appear maybe smoother mm -hmm. and not as acidic because those acids have died in. With your younger wines, you get that nice acid. Yes. And it's n neither is neither is right, neither is wrong. Yeah. Just as part of it. And they taste distinctly different, but right at the end, and again, this could just be me, but right at the end, I did kind of see almost where they would overlap a little bit, I think. It, um, There's similarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's There's like, a, okay, this is the same, same wine. Yeah. yeah, but I uh, wouldn't have known it at the beginning of either, but it was kind of like, again, right there at the end, it was like, Yeah, they have a oh. little similar finish to it, uh, the same thing. Yeah. They're tasty. The higher acidity wines tend to stimulate the salivary too. So when you sample and you taste it, and you think it's juicy, mm -hmm. right? Because that acidity is stimulating the salivary glands to produce, and so the mouthfeel is that of juiciness. Versus the older one, it doesn't quite have that. It's a little more subtle. So juicy is because uh, that's I've heard it described, and I don't know that I've ever connected it with something. So juicy is kind of that. Mouth watering. Take a, yeah, exactly, take a sip yeah. of the of the younger wine, okay. and when when you swallow, you'll notice yeah, your mouth kind of fills up a little bit again, maybe. Yeah. And uh, that is kind of juicy. Yes. When you think about it, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that uh, okay. that is juicy. It is juicy, but I, I would not have, like I said, I, I you t a lot of terms overlap with a lot of stuff. So you hear juicy, and I start thinking of juices, and I start thinking it should be tasting fruity, or uh, I would right. not that it doesn't taste fruity, but yeah, you know what I mean. Right. I associate it with. A juice flavor, which I'm not necessarily getting, but now you're like, oh, that makes sense. It makes total sense. Well, I think wine is one of the things you can make up any word you want, and it pretty <laughs> much goes. <laughs> I have seen I mean, <laughs> don't, description. Don't, don't get me started on, on tasting notes because I'm just uh, the tasting notes that are just pretty generic. Where you can put one wine into any tasting note and it applies yeah. doesn't mean anything to me. I like the tasting notes that describe the vineyard process the wine on that so we're getting off on a tangent on that but it's the same thing with that but there's so many terms out there that can describe that and you might be getting asian pear you're getting grapefruit who knows what it is well like i think i think minerality is not a word it gets spell checked every time i write the word minerality but it is a thing in wines when you're getting those mineral components and you're like webster let's go yeah. all right so when you're reading tasting notes Look for ones that really describe the process, how the wine was made, the vineyard it came from, the appellation, uh, a little bit of history with it, rather than just uh, you know, a mouthful of terms. I, I would agree that I totally agree with that because I've had some and it is just a mouthful of terms and that doesn't help me a lot. Or then I try to kind of discover those flavors versus, um, and we've talked about this several times, when you find a wine you like and you want to find more of them, right? Those tasting notes don't help you, yeah. but if they describe, oh, this is the, the vineyards or the region or the, the process. This is the Russian River Valley over exactly. in, yeah, yada, yada, 
area, yeah, you're like, oh, so I like, because you can start dialing in on what you like. Yeah. Oh, I like cooler climate Venus from Russian River. Yeah. Okay. In such and such a soil, at such and such an elevation. Perfect. Yeah, then you and, start dialing and you can find other ones you like. Yes, and that's so key. So good tasting notes, people. <laughs> and Or even put it on the, I don't know if these are in your bottles, so I'm sorry if they're not, but some of that on the bottle I've always found is helpful because when I start reading on the bottle and I'm looking and it says it's from this area or has these characteristics, I can go like, I like this. We have the area and we have a very large government warning. <laughs> that's what you have to have. <laughs> well, the area is helpful, though. Area is hugely helpful, and yeah. I, in good wines, we'll have the area. If it says California, dial it in a little more. Yeah. But then again, I, I, that's where a Google search can help. Is yes. is you know, uh, Dry Creek Valley. We are in Dry Creek Valley. Our Pinots are from Russian River. Okay, so then I would say, okay, Russian River, such and such, blah blah, blah and then and then uh, you should be able to find others yes. that are similar or. In, and to be clear, we're in Dry Creek Valley, which is literally 10 or 15 minutes north of Russian River Valley. But Dry Creek Valley is too hot here. We don't get those cool fogs Russian River does. So even 10, 15 minutes away, not a good completely good area for Pinot. So you're right. Find your area. That's a great jumping off point to find yeah. the lines you like. And just as a quick side note, looking at the label, and we talked earlier about in California, if you want it to say it's a Pinot, it has to be 75 percent. If you want it to, there's a 75, 85, 95 rule. So 75 percent has to be Pinot into that bottle. If you want it to come from a specific appellation, an, an ABA, American Viticultural Area, Russian River Valley, Dry Creek, Alexander Valley, Knights Valley, Chalk Hill, so forth, it has to be 85 percent of the grapes have to come from that appellation. If you want it to come from a specific vineyard and say that this is coming from Mark Tins Vineyard, 95% of the grapes have to come from that vineyard. So okay. when you're looking at a wine and it says California Red, who knows where that grapes came from? Because California Red doesn't mean anything. Yes. If you see a wine that says Sonoma County, well, still, who knows? Because Sonoma County is so diverse. Pretty right? big. Yeah. But if well, we have a wine that says it's, it's Pinot, and it comes from Russian River Valley, and it comes from the Laris Vineyard. That's very, very specific as to where that wine came from. So it, it kind of helps to, to read the label and understand what's on there. Yeah, well, and it helps you dial in, like you are saying, because, I mean, 15-minute drive, and you could be in a completely different area with completely yes. different taste profiles yes. or where it's not even growable. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, and just like she said, 15 minutes south of us is Russian River Valley, 10 minutes east of us is Alexander Valley, which is all cap. Yeah. So it's totally different. Yeah. And that's why it's amazing up here with all the mini Appalachians. Yeah. So. And another really cool tip on that, though, too, which I've discovered, um, is, again, you, you find I'm loving the Papa Pietro Perry. Nice. Got it. Yep. Um, wines. <laughs> I could ask you and just say, hey, what are some other wines that are similar to this? Yeah. And you are going to tell me. You're going to no, send me to... Well, <laughs> otherwise well, I would tell you. You might recommend here's some other Pinots to try. I absolutely would. You, you would. can't just drink ours, yes. Yes, and, and, and I found that everywhere I go, that any winery will say, oh, here's some other things you may like. And, and it, it, while you guys have are competitive to a degree, and definitely you want everybody drinking yours, yes, but... um, there's other wines out there that are good and need to be shared. And, and again, 
Very cooperative. It's a very yeah. cooperative. And you can uh, taste those area. wines and come back and find out just how fabulous the <laughs> Prairie wines really are. Right. <laughs> so we had, I, I poured two more wines, so we may as well go through these. We can go through them a little quicker. Okay. But but I haven't finished these ones. Can I set them aside and come back to them? Side and come back to them. Yes. Because they're really good. They are good, our, and I don't want them to go away. Pinots are amazing. Uh, I like Dan. We don't tell many people this. Neither one of us really were Pinot Noir fans when we started working here. Mm-hmm. And I remember I interviewing Dan and Dan going, I don't like Pinot. He said, great, don't tell anybody else that, though. Um, but <laughs> I kept my mouth shut about my thing. Yeah, I love Pinot. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> when can I start? Yep. Um, but Ben's Pinots, how he makes them. Now, how much Pinot do you drink, Dan? I have opened more Pinot in the last three years than I have in the last 30. Yeah. Well, and same. I like to tell people that I, I've, I used to say I didn't like Pinot. And then I went to my cellar and I started, I was doing an inventory and all of a sudden I realized I'm like, I've got a lot of Pinot in here that I bought because I tasted it and I liked it. So you must like it. <laughs> and so I had to stop saying that I didn't like Pinot and accept that I do. Um, but I think Pinot's, are, I think you said it's a... It's a, it's a finicky tough grape. Yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, it's hard to find good ones. It is hard to find good ones and good ones cost. And sometimes you might not think you want to pay much, but you get what you pay for with Pinot. Yes. You really do. And there are some great ones, you know, 60 and below, us included. Um, you like that? Yes, uh, I do like that. <laughs> Always plug yourself whenever Always you can. Always plug it, of course. <laughs> but, um, no, it, uh, Ben is consistent year in and year out, and he's great. So, all right, so I also poured us some Pomard clones. I talked about Pomard earlier as one of those yellow roses. That's it. Mm-hmm. So these are yellow roses from three different vineyards. Yeah, three. Seven, seven, seven is five vineyards. So again, I got the 2005, which took from Ben's cellar. We have that on our left hand. Okay. And then we've got the 2016, which is the current vintage on the right hand. Okay. So Pomard clone tends to be a little more of a masculine, a little more of a deeper, darker, earthier Pinot to some me, manly and everybody Pino? else but Dan. Yes, it's a manly Pinot. For everyone but Dan, Dan oh, what's that? Dan thinks I was I'm the opposite. opposite. I was oh, really? the opposite. So when we're talking about the, the masculine versus the feminine, the triple seven is kind of described with more feminine qualities. That Floral, lighter fruits. It's a little more velvety, smoother with that. The pomard is described as a, an iron fist and a velvet glove. Okay. So it's, it's a, a little bit more oomph to it. Pomard actually is the basis for a lot of the great wines of the world. Ah. Okay. So, so you know that, that. I always thought that opposite of that. I've come He's to wrong. I've come to be corrected. <laughs> from, I've become to be corrected from my wife, from Kristen, from Connie, from Ben, Renee, from, <laughs> from pretty much everybody. From well, everybody. the bottom line is is we don't judge. And we are gender neutral on our wines, Don't and so you up. drink what you like, gender right? Neutral. <laughs> yes. General neutral wines. So if we look at these again, we, we take a look at the color. All right, once okay. again, we're going to have some little similarities here. I, I, tend, I look like I poured more Pomard in my, older Pomard in my glass, so I can't see as well. Um, that just means you have to drink I'm gonna a little drink bit. I'm going to drink a little bit out. But um, so similar again, you got that, that deeper brick brown. Um, there is a little bit of sediment, like you were saying. You can actually uh, see the variances in the pomard if you're swirling it and then you yep. have 2016 again with that that bright ruby uh cranberry almost color to it yes right versus the darker um let's take a look at those and then you know of course once again you can see our words through it this is a well-made pinot noir 
And then if you hold them to the side, almost those 90 degree angles, check out that meniscus again. And they, they gotta come up with a better word than meniscus. meniscus? I'm sorry. I, just, I don't know. The French mucus. probably picked it up with their 117 and 667s. Oh my god, Dan spilled it. it makes me want to have my knee scoped uh, again. Yeah, totally. Right? All right, no more no more it's beverage a, for you, Dan, because you're, you're, you're officially rim, spilling. Rim variation rim. doesn't sound any better. No, it doesn't. <laughs> right, we need new words. Jeez. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I interrupted. But we'll stick with meniscus we'll, in that yes, case. Yes, meniscus is better than rim variation. Agreed. <laughs> Go. <laughs> You never want room for it. <laughs> okay, so again, you see, you can you can tell the uh, the the older wine, the 05's got the just multiple different colors as the as the wine travels down the glass. And, and looking at this, I would say it's a 2005. You are correct. Based on the color. Good job, Sam. Oh well, you've learned. What about the uh, younger one? Told me. <laughs> about, oh, you're doing so good. <laughs> and the new one. This is a 2016. Oh my is God, you're say. amazing. Wow. See? Look at that. <laughs> Took him, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, right? Fantastic. <laughs> All right, and the fun part, now we're going to smell them. Okay. It is fun if you want to smell them before you swirl them and then swirl, 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 smell. Because then you really go, oh, that's why you swirl. And that's where you're volumizing the esters. Okay. Volumizing, wow. volumizing the esters. I'm just going to smell <laughs> Should I? Should I swirl, swirl, smell? The older vintage, swirl, swirl, smell the older vintage. What? Because I would have been in a swirl. I older, always go newer, in my left newer. hand first and put the old in my left. I don't think there is a wrong, wrong way. Uh, I was tasting somewhere and they said always do the younger one, younger current one first because that gives you a baseline, and okay. then you can build on it by doing the older. Okay. But I just, I think I'm habit old to young. It does not matter. Yeah. And, and I, there's so much difference. You really can't mix them up. Yeah, there you go. And I'm going to sip on the, because the, I've been going older to younger, so. You smell, smell, smell. Yeah, then you're just going to confirm on your palate with a taste. And I'm confirming. Mm -hmm. I'm confirming. I really like it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, so, yeah, um, it is a different experience going from older to the younger versus younger to the older, actually. Um, now I've tasted it both ways. Food-wise, what would you pair this with? You catch me off guard. Like I know, that. I do. Like, She's like stunned. I don't cook. <laughs> I would go, hello fresh with the left. I would say, chef, right. sommelier, <laughs> what might you recommend? So what would you think? Pinot is one of the most versatile reds. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. I think maybe a mushroom risotto, I think, would go amazing with the old, but it would probably go with the young as well. Okay, now I'm thinking amazing. we should have eaten first because now I'm getting hungry. hungry. I gave you crackers. I, I, think I know, crackers, come on. <laughs> I think with the older wine, I want either a steak or uh, even like a, a heavy meat pasta dish Ooh, with that. And with the, with the the younger wine, with that, I'm going to go with a sous vide pork chop or even good. salmon with that. So something salmon kind of lighter. is... We do a, um, in our newsletter for our wine club, we always do a recipe, and we did a salmon wellington, mm. which is salmon with all the mushroom, le and stuff on top, and phyllo, oh, delicious. It was good. It was really good. Everyone made fun of me for it, but it was delicious. Right, well, we get to sample the recipes that we send out in the newsletter. Multiple times. Because <laughs> we, we have actually a CIA, Culinary Institute of America, a trained chef on the staff who will make these recipes for us. It's just the right thing to do it under is. the circumstances. <laughs> right? We're coming it's a tough job, but we, we struggle and push through. Where do I apply? Dude, right? <laughs> That's what I'm um, okay, All so right. 
No, we've covered a lot today. Yes. Um, and definitely, I, I think, again, experiencing this is huge and having these side by side. But if just, I guess, maybe general thoughts or tips on, because they each have their place, clearly. Um, and I think you and I agree that we prefer the older man. Yeah. Do you have a preference, older, young? Oh, my gosh. I like whatever's open in front of me. He likes the one <laughs> in his glass. The one in his glass. Okay. So there's lots of that. But any kind of parting thoughts, uh, recommendations? For me, one of the best ways to learn your palate is wine tasting. And now with a Coravin, it makes it even easier. Um, but really, don't be afraid to try anything. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to go out on a limb. Uh, with anything, but learn your palate. Once you like, get an older wine and a younger wine, invite some friends over and, and do this yourself. I'm hearing drink more wine. Drink more wine I'm, is I'm okay the most with important that. thing. <laughs> well, drink drink <laughs> more wine, sample more wine, but don't be afraid to pour out what you don't like. We get so many people that come into the tasting room that will will drink what we're pouring, you know, a one ounce taste to them, and they say, oh, no, no, I don't want to waste it. Mm-hmm. And so they'll drink it. And we're like, I don't, if you don't like it, dump it and move on to something you do like. Or, and, well, more important, what Mark said, I, don't, I didn't think I liked Pinot. So he shut himself off from Pinot. Yes. Don't do that because you might not have liked that Pinot. You might not have liked that producer or that area. So always try it. And, you know, after 10, 20, 30 years of it, then you can have that opinion. Or you think but, you don't like Pinot and go look at your cellar. And, and go look at your cellar and go, oh. Right. Awkward. <laughs> or you, you, you think you don't like Pinot and you find a great job working at a Pinot house. <laughs> <laughs> Life will take you where it takes you. Absolutely. Indeed. Okay, so I'm going to cheers with the... I'm going to cheers with both. The, oh. oh. Okay, we are going to double fist cheers at the hands. end here. So before we can do this, though, we first have to oh. say... If you want to contact us, share thoughts, all that other oh, fun stuff, absolutely. you can hit Google. us at our website. It's www.theunsophisticatedpalette.com. Yours is, please share. PapaPietroPerry.com. Okay. Spell it? Yes, probably. P-A-P-A-P-I-E-T-R-O-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Not only is it good wine, but it's fun to say. Papa Pietro Perry. I, I've Pinot learned how to Noir. say it now. <laughs> Papa Pietro Perry Pinot Noir. Perfect. Say that five times fast. I'm not going to. No. Especially not after tasting. Um, also, recommend us, star us, subscribe, all the other good stuff to the podcast. And until next time, drink responsibly. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Double fist in it. <laughs> <laughs>